The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 45, The Scabbard and the Sword. Is the child inside you now? Asked Solus. Yes. Lelena replied. A real person? An elf? Yes. But how did it come to be there? Every woman has a baby inside her. It is small at first and cannot leave her womb. It is too young to survive outside its mother. Her womb? Yes, Solace. That is why she is called woman. Because she has a womb. Her womb is a sacred space, a space deep inside, where the baby lives, grows, and dreams, until it is born. That's when it comes out. Yes. Is your child a boy or a girl? We won't know for sure until it is born, but I think it is a boy. And how long until we know? Perhaps two years, so long as I am tended often by my male. This is something we must do together, as a woman and a man. Until the child is born? Yes. As my mate, it is Orson's promise to give joyfully and generously of his seed. But should anything happen... Lilena became quiet before continuing. If my womb is not nourished daily, then the child may fade and never be born. Only if we continue to choose this new small life can the entropy of the Iron Realm be defeated. Solus puzzled over all that had been said. Some of what Lilena had discussed with him he had known, but much also was very new and mysterious to him. A man and a woman coming together for warmth, laying one within the other, close to each other. This he could understand. The scabbard and the sword. But there was so much more to understand now. The idea of forming a new life from a place deep within. One new life created out of two. Small at first, but growing inside. With the woman at last physically giving rise to another through birth was... Very simply, astonishing. Solus did not remember being in the womb, nor did he ever remember being a child. As far as he knew, he had always been a man. He asked Len about this too, and she could not remember either. Everything before adulthood was just a fog. So a child is always in you? He asked again. Curiously. Yes. Lilena said, smiling. And the man's seed will help it grow? The baby gains strength from his father. How do you know if the child inside you came from Orson or Kai? I am sure he is from both of them, for each has given himself into me. And so they are both surely present within our boy. 
And what happens after the child is born? Asked Solus, tentatively touching Lelena's stomach before drawing away, shyly. Then there will be a new baby inside me, ready to grow and be born. And then another, and another. Sounds like magic. The most powerful magic soul is. This is our immortality. If the legendary powers will it, I will give birth to many, many children. Solus turned to Len, who was beside him, and he stroked her hair gently. She leaned over and let her head lie against his shoulder. She was following the elf's words with just as much fascination, her eyes halfway closed now as she listened. There's one more thing I was curious about, said Solus. Making a child. Do you think I would make a good father? Of this there can be no doubt, said Lelena, smiling. At this, Solus turned again toward Len and, affectionately, placed his arm around her. But she did not respond. The soft sounds of her breathing told him that she had, safe against his chest, fallen gladly and soundly asleep. I hope you've subscribed by now to the Iron Realm Podcast. Travelers of the Maze. Because you don't want to miss a single minute of the adventures coming next. And through Secrets of the Maze Master, I'll be sharing much more in the upcoming episodes. For those of you who want to run solitaire campaigns of your own... As for you devoted players of the Iron Realm podcast, rest assured your Maze Master has not forgotten you. For from here we push on towards the 52 episode mark, giving you an adventure to play every week for an entire year. Stay close, travelers. More action, more drama, and more adventures on the way. And now, it's time to get your dice. It's time to get your notes. It's time to get your maps. Plug in your earbuds and plug them in tight. And give your full attention to your Maze Master. For here in the dark, in the maze, and in the cold, your very life may depend on it. The Iron Round, copyright A. Lenzo, is an extreme reimagining of the fantasy setting. Today's podcast features selected audio by Kevin McLeod, which can be heard unedited and in full at incompetent.com. Further information 
can be found under this episode's summary at theironrealm.com and theironrealm.blogspot.com. Dungeon Errata. Briefly, I give an adjustment to the rules on deprivation. You may recall when first introduced that it was possible for a character to go a full week without food and accumulate no penalties. Well, after further consideration, I decided that wasn't hardcore enough. And so, while the other rules on deprivation stand, I declare the following errata to the rules on starvation. Henceforth, a character will accumulate a minus one after just one day without food, and if the character gets no food, the minus one will stand for a full week. When this week is over, each day after will accumulate an additional minus one in keeping with the original rules on deprivation. This new adjustment to the rules has so been noted by your maze master. So I declare it. This rule is now law. Secrets of the Maze Master, Maze Master, Maze Master. Should the craft of classic gaming ever be lost to the world, the secret arts may yet survive and rise again through those techniques I reveal to you on Secrets of the Maze Master. Tonight, the Maze Master's for death saves in the Iron Realm. The basic saves, called stat saves, were described during episode 33. As you recall, basic saves can be made when a roll equal or under a given stat is rolled. Basic saves are usually made only to test a character's abilities be they physical or mental. But beyond the basic saves, there exist challenges even more sinister. These are the saves versus death. So named because a failure to succeed at such a save nearly always results in the immediate destruction of the character who failed it. A save versus death is called for by the Maze Master when a character has encountered a deadly situation, one so grave that even a plentiful supply of life points is no avail. There is a general rule for saves versus death, which is as follows. A save versus death can be passed by a character on a d20 if a roll of 17 or 
high is achieved. Note that unlike the basic saves versus stats, a high number is favored rather than a low number. Because characters of different types have bonuses in different areas to their death saves, it is helpful to know the five kinds of death saves in the game. When a potentially fatal situation arises, it is usually obvious to the Maze Master which of the five kinds applies. Yet if there is any question, for example if more than one kind seems to apply, the Maze Master gets the final decision as to which save to execute. Death saves of the first kind tend to threaten death to the character by natural means. Examples of death by the first kind are as follows. Death by disease, death by poison, or death by deadly strike. If no special kind is specified, for example, a character is asked to make a save versus death, then this, by default, indicates a death save of the first kind. Next, there are death saves of the second kind. These death saves focus on peril delivered onto a character through magic power, and so, for example, may be referred to as death by magic or death by wand. Death saves of the second kind pertain to magic of a fairly average power, since it tends to be somewhat less focused than the even stronger arcane assault. Death saves of the third kind pertain to powers that can freeze even the stoutest warrior in his or her tracks. The third kind can be referred to as death by immobilization, death by paralysis, or death by stone. Within the context of the Iron Realm, some kinds of immobilization can wear off, while others, such as turning to stone, are deadly permanent. Death saves of the fourth kind pertain to characters being suddenly exposed to a massive burst of raw power, and may be referred to as death by dragonfire, death by explosion, or death by combustion. Failure of a fourth kind saving throw generally results in the character taking massive life points of damage, with success resulting in half the damage instead. Finally, we discuss death saves of the fifth kind, which pertain to a character's being targeted by the most powerful of magic effects, which can result either in death, damage, or the destruction of a character's mind. Saves of the fifth kind may be referred to as death by spells, death by arcane assault, death by rods, or death by staves. Because of the intense nature of death saves, the best defense that any character has is avoidance. 
for falling into a compromising situation which requires such a save may well determine on only the role of a random die that a character's life has ended, no longer to be seen again in this world. Rolling a 17 or better is nearly impossible. However, the characters of the tribe do have some advantages, since any character of character level 1 or higher gets bonuses to each of the five kinds, pluses which may be added to any such roll versus death. And as for creatures, unless noted otherwise, they are assumed to have bonuses in all kinds of death saves, equivalent to a warrior whose level equals the number of dice that creature possesses. Details on death save pluses available to each of the character types shall be discussed on future podcasts. But for now, suffice it to say, any character faced with a life-threatening situation that any death save portends would be wise to turn tail and run because allies cannot save you. Armor cannot save you. Indeed, there is no option but to look death right in the eye and pray. Follow the Maze Master on Twitter. Or join the conversation at hashtag the Iron Realm. Learn of every show as soon as it is released. Stay connected with the living pulse of the realm in real time. The Maze Master is waiting. I'll see you there. Tribal Matters It is the twentieth day of Primaris in the maze, level Alpha 1, the Cobalt Barracks. Treya has returned Nora's gear to her, for Nora has recovered from the malady, and in an astonishing show of determination, the Yuname warrior is prepared at once to return to her duties. Meanwhile, her sister Twyla is not at all well, having been taken under by the malady, unconscious for four days now, with no sign of recovery. 10 a.m. The group has memorized the following spells. Tram, 
Aura Against Evil, Kailana, Invisible Shield, Amazar, Door Denial. The healing abilities of the Uname have not yet been used today, nor have the powers of the Magic Sword. In order to save on supplies, as usual, all light has been extinguished, whilst the life points for those who've been compromised are as follows. Nora, 6 out of 9. Twyla, negative 3 out of 6. Early in the day, Twyla has begun to exhibit a rising and terrible fever. Help! says Temek. She's burning up! Twyla's burning up! Help! Help! The group springs to action, getting the water skins and trying to cool her at once as they may. Twyla is sweating heavily too, and every part of her body is soon covered with a thin sheen of moisture. At once the girl's limp body is taken out of her clothes, while some in the group are tasked with fanning her, and others are tasked with pressing cool, damp cloths against her skin. Twyla remains catatonic and in no way responds, even as her temperature continues to rise and her skin becomes hot to the touch. I'm deducting the contents of three more water skins for the attentions given to the Yuname girl. Twyla is never left alone for the rest of the day, yet the rest of the group must continue with the tasks that support the rest of their survival. By 11 o'clock, Treya's group takes to the maze again in search of the steam cavern. The dice are favorable, and they return by noon. The group of Solus is next, going as did Treya's group, with no armor heavier than leather and possessed of their usual gear. Nora goes with Solus's group as well, and the roll. This roll is favorable as well, and so all members of the group have now taken water. The group also partakes of their rations by midday, and they are down to only one day's worth amongst them once the scraps have been consumed. The goblins are not given food, for there is precious little to spare, though they are each given a full measure of water, leaving the group with only six full water skins now amongst them. By 1.30, the group begins to discuss plans for the following day, for they had arranged with the goblins for a meeting upon the 21st day. The group is eager to make the trade, and hopeful that the mother of the Yuname can be rescued. Yet this is tempered with great caution for the goblins and their would-be allies. The hobgoblins are both known betrayers in the maze. We're going to have to go in our full armor, 
says Solis. So returning to the Moss Lycan room isn't going to be any quick march. That's true, says Stockholm. At least this time we're rested and fed. What about Twyla? says Solis. Do we take her with us? Or do we leave her here? Well, says Stockholm, we can't leave her here. We're going to need our full strength against the goblins. And she can't be left alone. That is, assuming she survives until tomorrow. The group decides they'll need approximately two hours to make the march, while making allowances for any trouble that could appear along the way. I think I'll use this too, says Stockholm, taking charge of the cloak and hood that belonged to Sierra. Goblins don't like my kind, he says, but I'm the one that knows their language. Maybe if I conceal my face, they won't realize I'm a dwarf. Well, I'm not bad at making my presence known, says Solus, but I don't know the goblin language. Maybe, says Stockholm, if I stand back and whisper the words to you, we can take advantage of your natural charisma and hope it gets us through a tough situation. A fine idea, says Amazar, though ridiculously obvious. Goblins aren't total fools, you know. They're likely to easily see through a foolish stunt like that. And that will doom us all to fail. Maybe I could use my ventriloquist spell, says Orson. Stockholm, you could whisper your words to me, and I could put them right in Solus's ear. Now we're talking, says Stockholm. Let's make that the plan. And if it doesn't work, says Amazon. Let's just pray that it does, says Stockholm. That's all we can do at this time. The group takes more time discussing tactics, as well as contingency plans for the next day. Two more checks until 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, Twyla and Nora each recover a life point, which brings Nora to 7 and Twyla to negative 2. If Twyla fails her save versus the malady, for a fifth day unconscious, she'll be taking 16 life points of damage, which should kill her. But let's see... The healing ability of the sword and the Yuname can be used once a day. They don't have to be rememorized like usual spells. So that power should be recovered, it stands to reason, at the strike of midnight. Let's see if we can give Twyla just a little extra chance to live. So here at 10 o'clock, I'm going to feed Twyla two additional life points through the efforts of Nora and Nim, who do laying on of hands upon her. Twyla returns to zero shortly later to one, and let's say also that the fever begins to subside. Treya brings the sword and uses its ability as well. Five life points returns Twyla all the way to her max of six. Hmm, let's just see. It's still uncertain if she can survive since 16 points against her will still put her all the way down to negative 10. Instant death. 
even if her sisters are immediately upon it. Dead is dead, and no amount of healing will allow her to recover. There are often new offerings on the Iron Realm website's Extras tab. Have you procured them all for your collection? And while you're there, travelers of the maze, be sure to leave a comment on your favorite podcast. We'll see you there. <laughs> you have been listening to The Iron Realm. If you would like to show your appreciation and support new episodes of The Iron Realm, visit patreon.com slash theironrealm and be you rewarded. You can also give a gift at drivethroughrpg.com using pay what you want or by taking a share of premium soft cover books, ebooks, and gaming aids for your Iron Realm collection. And don't forget to leave your five star reviews at iTunes at drivethroughrpg.com and beyond. Finally, tell your friends and spread the word about the world's first play-by-podcast RPG audio drama. Do what you can to ensure the continuance of the realm. Your fellow travelers and your maze master, thank you. From the eternal depths of the Iron Realm. I have been your maze master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Rail! Good night, everyone.